0: Welcome to The Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed his love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us his word through which he continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible right here, right now on The Eternal Connection.
1: And once again, you are eternally connected, and we are glad for it. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Pastor Eric Chay from St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska, who sponsors this wonderful show. Joined in studio, as always, by my good friends Chip Thompson, Jason Eisenman. Happy Labor Day, gentlemen. What are we doing to celebrate a job well done in your labors? Um, my birthday. Falls on Labor Day this year, so... Oh, well, happy birthday, Jay. Thank you very much. We're going to celebrate getting older and uh, all the wisdom that God's provided and um, have a little uh, grill out, maybe. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So dare we ask? Uh, how old? <laughs> well, the kids say gray hair is wisdom sparkles, and that comes at the old age of 43. Oh. Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah, For you're three. still a young pup. Yeah.
1: <laughs> But I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. No rush, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I was just
2: sitting here thinking that uh, it is so hot out, how hot is it, uh, that it reminded me of uh, bushes burning. And, you know, timeliness,
1: we're going to be talking about burning bushes. Ladies and gentlemen, the Segway King himself (laughs) chipped off. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Yes, we are continuing in our series of people of the book, looking at the prominent uh, saints in Scripture. Um, We've looked at God, the first person in Scripture, because he is a person, uh, three persons and one God. And then we looked at Adam and Eve. We went on to Abraham and talked about his sons. And uh, we're moving our way on to Moses. We got a little bit into Moses last time. We did. Yep. Um, but we're going to be digging in deeper, looking at the burning bush, uh, that very well known story, and, and what exactly that means and why that happened. So turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3. And after Chip prays for us, we're going to dig into looking at Moses.
2: Lord, we praise you for your eternal mercy and grace. Father, open our hearts and minds to to receive your abundant blessings from your word and teaching given through your prophets and fulfilled in the precious blood of your son Jesus our lord amen.
1: amen amen and before we get too started uh digging in here in exodus you know what about from a listener's perspective is there you know we we certainly have uh planned you know who else we're going to talk to but is are there any you know listener thoughts on we could talk about and why uh, you know questions sure as we as we plan the future episodes. we love
2: if listeners reach out to us by our uh, website mm-hmm. eternalconnectionradio.com. there's a form right there uh, that comes right to our inbox and uh, we would love to hear yeah Jason, that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, whatever people of the book that you're uh, interested in learning more about, we'd be happy to hear that and, and spend some time on it.
2: and to be specific, we're talking about the Bible. That's the book. book. Yeah. Yes. So no Harry Potter questions or anything like that. (laughs) No. Okay.
1: No, I'm I'm not going to be much help there. (laughs) Me either. Apologize. (laughs) Uh, But hopefully, I can be some help as we look to Moses, Exodus chapter three. A little bit of background, real, real quick. We've already gotten the story so far in Exodus about Moses, him being born a Hebrew. Um, but um, because of Pharaoh's fear of the Hebrew nation taking over because of their numbers, he uh, tries to go after all the the newborns, the young baby males, and wipe them out. Uh, Moses' mother, acting in faith, sends him down the river in a reed basket, and the Lord provides salvation for Moses um, so that through him— the promise of salvation for everyone might be continued on. Moses learns that he is uh, a Hebrew and not an Egyptian, even though he was raised in Pharaoh's house, and uh, ends up having to run away to Midian because after seeing an Egyptian soldier beating a Hebrew, he kills him. And while he's out there in Midian, uh, the Lord appears to Moses in verse 2 of chapter 3, and he appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Now to stop you there, when I first read this, would would he appear as a burning bush because it's something so great that no one else could do as a human, to just see to to, to present himself in such a contrast to Leave no doubt in our mind that this is the one. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is miraculous, right? So a bush that's not catching fire, and I think we don't have to look far to see why God did this. In verse 3, Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. So at the very least, just using the text, which is usually what we want to stick to, uh, it got Moses' attention. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and yes, it's miraculous. We could make some later connections to God being a consuming fire uh, and yet not consuming the bush. um you know, he comes in both grace and judgment. uh he's certainly coming in judgment for Pharaoh. um you know, you got some pictures there you could play with, but I usually like to just stick with the text, and God did it clearly to get Moses' attention, but also to communicate, like I said. Uh, a little bit of who God is, because if you go on to verse 4, the Lord uh, called to him and said, Moses, Moses. He said, here I am. And the first thing the Lord says is, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And would he have him take the sandals off as a level of respect to like remove your shoes or to be better connected to the holy earth through putting your feet on the ground? Yeah, um, man made foot, you can think of it like man made footwear defiling the presence of God. Uh, feet were especially associated with being unclean. If you think about Jesus and washing feet, right? Mm-hmm. They were probably dirty all over, but the culture at the time, uh, that was a, a particularly sensitive thing uh, leading to shame. Uh, if you had dirty feet going into someone's house. So God coming to Moses in his context, right, speaking to him where he's at, this is holy ground. And why is it holy ground? Because God's there. And there's no other reason it would be holy, right? One second ago when that bush wasn't on fire, but yet not burning, it wasn't holy. But when he shows up as God, the fire can represent his righteousness, Right, There should be a a sense of awe Mm -hmm. (laughs) before the Almighty, and we certainly get that from Moses. Um, It says that Moses fell on his face, hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God, in verse 6. And God identifies himself as the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So when Moses realizes who this is, at the name, he's terrified and falls to the ground. And I, I think I want to launch just briefly into to noting that this is a little bit of a connection to the presence of God and really what heaven is. I think here, even this early on, heaven is not a place, right? It's, it's, it's not a, a, a location, Heaven is the presence of God himself. He is what makes a place holy. He is what makes a place sanctified. And so when we speak of heaven, we speak of standing in this awe-inspiring presence of the Almighty God. And if you're reading this for the first time, you can't make this connection, but you go to prophets like Isaiah, who had that vision. He was in the presence of God. He fell on his face in, in holy fear, and a coal from the flame burning was brought to touch his lips. So we, we see that theme recurring. The presence of God is what makes something holy. And that really connects to also our sanctification, what makes us righteous. It's God's presence within us that comes through baptism. It's, it's nothing about us. Just like that desert floor, we, we were just dirt until the Holy One shows up, puts his presence in us through his word and makes us holy. So, God's message to Moses in verse 7, I've seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. So that's God being a loving God and saving people there. Yeah, fulfilling his promise to Abraham. We talked about a little last time when when God said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. He already told Abraham, there's going to be a period of time where your people are enslaved, but I'm going to come and save them.
2: Well, and I don't remember if we covered this uh, because we've been, Skipping just due to time uh, passages and yep. chapters. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Egyptians have been slaves for about 400 years, right?
1: The Hebrews have been the, slaves. I'm,
2: I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Yes, the Hebrews have been the slaves of the Egyptians Correct. for about 400 yep. years. Is what yep. I meant to say.
1: Okay. And this is gonna this is gonna be part of the problem when Moses finally does go back. That's part of the hardened hearts of the people. Is it's been so long, and so they've really kind of given up hope. Right. Right? I mean, they're going to say we we have no other god except Pharaoh is and, what they're going to say. And Moses lived four hundred years. No, no, no. okay, no. they've been enslaved for generations in Egypt. Yes, when Moses was born, that is that is when God began His work of saving them, calling them out. But I think it's important here that we have God Himself saying, "I have come down from His holy place." Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I guess my first question would be is how come he couldn't settle this up or write the ship, whatever modern term, from there versus coming here you know, it's back to that seeing is believing or get you know, getting Moses to see something and with his eyes that he yeah, I think the answer is because if God were to have just stayed up in heaven and shouted commands at us, we'd never follow him. He has to come down here and actually do it himself. Because, and, because we won't. And and look at look at where we're at today. Right. And and but God is here, right? He has come down. He sent his Holy Spirit on Pentecost. He's given us his word, preachers, this radio show. This is how he comes to us. No different than how he's gonna come to Pharaoh through Moses. But when he comes back someday, there's still a lot to fix. There's no fixing it. There's getting rid of it. Well, yeah. Yeah, same thing. We just said it differently. There's a lot wrong. Oh, yeah, except at that point, Jesus is not coming to try and amend things. He's coming to judge finally. And the new heavens and the new earth is, is where the saved will go. And this earth and those that have rejected him will perish. And you see that even in this story of... Pharaoh, right? God coming down for 10 plagues, 10 times, giving these signs from heaven, frogs falling out of the sky, locusts, disease, famine. And and every time, Pharaoh repents, not because he's sorry, but because he doesn't like the consequence. And God comes to him six times. And after the sixth time, we're not going to be able to read it because of time, But it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God confirmed Pharaoh in his obstinance. And that eventually resulted in the 10th plague, which was the killing of the firstborn of all Egyptians. And that brings us to the Passover, which is the actual um, exodus, if you will, the exiting of the Israelites from Egypt.
2: Well, Pastor, I got a question uh, before we skip over all the plagues (laughs) uh, because there were 10 of them. Yes. uh, And uh, as I was reading to prepare for the show, I noticed that on a few of the plagues, Pharaoh's team, I guess uh, his magicians were able to duplicate some of the uh, miraculous things that Moses and Aaron had done before Pharaoh to show God's power mm-hmm. and it specifically talks about how they use their dark arts or dark magic to achieve this mm-hmm. and I'm it was that was that real or was that illusion like a modern day magician might do a trick that appears to be magic but we all know it's not real-hmm is there is there any evidence or any further factual information about that given, or are we just kind of
1: not that I'm aware of parallel to the Bible that specifically clears that up for us? There's okay. no reason to believe from scripture that it wasn't dark magic, um, which which could mean either uh, sophistry, right, some power of of a slip of the hand or or right. illusion. It could also mean the devil. I mean, look, the devil has power, right? Not not just over people's minds, but he can actually do things. Look what he did to Job. True. Right? So I I think the bigger point is, um, regardless of what it was, the end result wasn't very good for them. Right. So, you know, they were duplicating some of the stuff that Moses was doing, but it ended when they turned a staff into a snake, or supposedly— and Moses threw his staff on the ground, and it ate their snake. Right. Okay. Well, I think the point to that story is whatever illusions or evil power that there is, it doesn't stand a chance against the Almighty. Right. Um, and the, I mean, you look at our stuff today, it may not be throwing a staff on the ground. And I know this is going to be controversial, and that's fine. You can send your emails, but the, the, the devil can just make you think you see something that's not real. I mean, look at the transgender issue today. Right. True. Yeah, people that, that truly somehow really actually believe that a, a man can become a woman or a woman can become a man. And that's not really happening. It's just the illusion of that happening. And the only reason you're actually seeing it is because you've you've been lied to. And and, and so you're seeing something that's not real at all. And, and so it could have been that too, right? right? Uh, they, they could have been convinced that what it, what it was because that's what they wanted it to be.
2: Well, and I noticed at one point about five plagues in the plague of the gnats from then on, they were not able to.
1: No. So, no. yep. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So we get to the final plague, which uh, is tragic. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. Lord, I, th- I thought that was a really, I struggled with that one because it's the killing of the firstborn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, that's a tough one. So, yeah, you know, I was just literally last night uh, at dinner with uh, a couple who uh, is going to be joining St. Mark, and I always give them the opportunity to ask any question that they want. And uh, this is one of the questions that one of them said they, they struggled with for a long time. They've come to some peace with it, but it, it still struggles them. Uh, you know, uh, why why do the innocent suffer, especially babies, right? And um, th- the the hard answer is, because they're sinful, and that's not what we want to hear. But, but it's the only answer that's that's going to bring resolution for us. Um, God is God, and we so often try and soften the edges by coming up with some justification. But that's not going to give us what we're looking for. We're all born into sin. Mm-hmm. If God was if God was not gracious, if He just exacted justice for justice' sake, there would be no babies, because Adam and Eve would be toast. But God, in his love and mercy, being both righteous and loving, comes to bring salvation for sinners through a sinful world that we have made. And that has consequences to it. And God is the author of life. It's his judgment that's pure and perfect. And we don't have to make apologies for that. Right? And and we can trust this God who, who will even bring judgment down on a household. Because he makes it clear, especially when Jesus comes and says, no, the, the little ones belong to heaven with me, right? Just because tragedy befalls does not mean salvation is lost. God has to work that salvation in and through a broken world. And it's not like God did not give the Egyptians a chance to repent. Absolutely. Right? I mean, that's, that's the big takeaway is this is the 10th plague, Nine huge. There, there were huge nine signs. times for people to realize, hey, Pharaoh's actually powerless. Right. He he doesn't control nothing. Nine times for them to repent. And then the final plague, this would have been a big deal. It's not like the Egyptians wouldn't have noticed the the, the Hebrews preparing for the Passover. And and you know, you can read through the passage and clearly conclude that this would have been public knowledge what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Every other plague was public knowledge right? Pharaoh, repent, or this is happening. I'm sorry, as, as uncomfortable that is, that's going to happen again for everybody. If, if you refuse the warnings of God and his pleas for you to repent and turn around and turn to him, uh, then he is a righteous God of judgment. Uh, but he's also a loving God of salvation that already took the punishment for you if if you would receive it. One of the things that you have said before in your teaching pastor
2: is that it's the one time that God doesn't get what he wants Yeah, because he wants all men to be saved
1: yeah and that's a mystery that I I have not made any progress on you know that God so loved the world that he gave his only son to pay for the sins of the world Peter tells us that God desires all men to be saved and yet Jesus said most won't and that is that is something I don't think we're going to be able to plumb the depths of until we're with him. Is that that's what he wants? But somehow in that line between God's righteousness and and His holiness and judgment and His heart that breaks for sinful humanity, um, He's not going to get what He wants, and that's that's just a mystery. But to me, it it, it magnifies God's holiness, His 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 approachability, mm-hmm. right? That that He's willing to come here. And, and even lose himself for the sake of saving those that, that will listen, that will repent, that will put their trust in him. Mm. And that was the promise given uh, to the Israelites, um, that if they sacrificed a lamb, uh, a spotless lamb, of course, pointing to Jesus, uh, and spread the blood over their doorposts, a huge foreshadow to being covered in the blood of the lamb, um, again, is it the doorpost covered in blood that saved them? No, it was the word that promised, if you do this, salvation will come. No different than the act of sprinkling water on a baby's head doesn't save the baby. And by the way, there were babies in these homes too. Right. So i um just going to throw another outlook on there. When I first read the Passover, um, it was like a public showing... Of your agreements, of because you had to put blood on the door, Mm -hmm. and that's like uh, hanging a sign outside. Yeah, like I said, this is a very public thing that any Egyptian at any time could have said, "Why are you doing that?" Well, the Lord's coming, and (laughs) so um, you're displaying to to uh, everyone that these these are your beliefs. Sure, that was that's part of it. Yeah. I, I and if are you trying to make that connection to baptism? No, I was just it, it wasn't like you could go inside, lock the door and paint the blood on the inside of the door, right? It, <laughs> yes. It, it, you know, you could have put the God would have known where the blood was anywhere. Yeah, and he gave those specific instructions, right? But yeah. it was it was outward facing to where the, it it was amongst your peers, neighbors everybody yeah and and absolutely it is a public proclamation. I think the the important part of that especially is what is the proclamation being made? the proclamation is I deserve death. I I'm doing this because I should die but the Lord has promised that if that if I put my faith in the blood of this sacrifice, then he's going to pass over me. And they call that faith? <laughs> because God said so. And, and people today, I'm trying to make the connection to baptism, uh, would say that, well, putting blood on a doorpost doesn't save you. Well, well, yeah, it did. It actually did. But it wasn't the blood on the doorpost that saved me. It was the promise of God that came with that. And so we say the same thing in baptism. No, it's not the water that saves me. It's the promise of God that comes with it. That's and, and that's what saves me. And it's what saved both adults and infants and children. There was no distinction made. It saved whole households. God passed over all of them. And so we can make that connection to not just being passed over, but being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, that has been poured out for the sins of the world. Yeah, and the term passed over um really you know if you think about it it's you weren't being you, of course you're being passed over so you're not killed right yep but you were being uh faithful and selected as well yeah right they they didn't figure this out they weren't like you know what might appease god is if we kill a goat and paint our house with it no that they were selected. It, and it's not that Egypt wasn't, right? As you've pointed out, Jason, at any given point in time, that that's why he saved Israel. That's why he saved Abraham, was to, to bless all nations. Unfortunately, not all are going to listen.
2: Well, in another tie to baptism, you know, God himself commanded, do this through Moses and Aaron. Yep, And God himself commands through Christ at the end of Matthew, Go into all nations, baptizing.
1: Yeah, that's how you make disciples. Right. Right, go into all nations, making disciples. Just like God made a nation of people out of slaves, out of nothing, through what we can't really call Passover a sacrament, but it's definitely sacramental. Right. Right? That's how he wants to, desires, chooses uh, to bring us that same salvation. And so they do it, and... uh, The Lord's faithful to his promise, both to save and to judge. And uh, the firstborn are killed, and that finally breaks Pharaoh. And uh, he says, get out, leave. Um, So they do. And, uh, of course, the rest of the story is just to prove that um, God's judgment was right and his judgment was true, Pharaoh changes his mind, even after the death of his firstborn. He changes his mind, and he decides that he's going to chase down these people of God and try and kill them all over again. How'd that work out? Well, the Red Sea didn't really prove very beneficial for Pharaoh and his army. But again, as tragic as this story is, to me, part of the resolution of that shows that, no, God's judgment was true. As harsh as it was, it was right, because even after that, Pharaoh still pumped his chest out and said, I'm coming after you, God. Well, that's not what's going to work. God came down here to save us, not to be challenged. And the good news is, for those that do put their faith in him, and as we're going to probably see at this point next time, uh, even when we're terrified, even when we can't see a way out, as the Israelites are standing at the mouth of the Red Sea, uh, God may lead us into difficult situations. uh, But he has promised, I will deliver you. And he has, through the blood of his son.
2: Well, and the... The amazing thing to me is the fact that Passover is still celebrated today. Mm -hmm. After all these years, we can look back to the promise of God in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Incredible.
0: We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com. To find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.